This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to another Sky Blues Extra podcast with myself, Dean Atkinson, Ross Cooper, with me also this evening. Ross, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, good to be on with you as as always. So, yeah, a uh, a strange weekend. It's always slightly deflating after <laughs> we've got used to it. The last two Fridays, play on a Friday, lose, and then the rest of the weekend is uh, somewhat ruined. But it's been brightened up. In the latter stages of a Sunday, by seeing your wonderful face, mate. So I thought you were going to say, right, seeing a Man City victory or something like that. It's brighten no, up your day. No, I mean, as soon as they went one 0 down, I was like, definitely put a few quid on them to turn it around. Turn around the odds yeah. sort one a little bit better. So I saw at one stage over the weekend, Man United was six to one to win there. They were, like, they, were, they, were, they were eight to one beforehand. That's all. But, wow. Know, I was thinking you know, that was extremely generous. Um, you'll probably get eight to one on Rotherham on uh, on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, whenever it is this, this week. Um, yeah, Friday night games, mate. I'm not into them. Like I have, a, I, don't, I like a routine on a weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, to be honest, we're not having many Saturday games anyway, really, especially at home. Well, the, at three the, o'clock. the thing is, I find is when you've got a Saturday game, yeah, like you say, good point. Yeah, especially home games, three o'clock have been scarce. But um, if we're playing away. I feel like the day can start, you know, Friday's Friday, so I'm like, wicked, you know. And then Saturday's like, oh, it's the weekend, you know, it's Saturday. So it's always, regardless, it starts off on a decent note. And then it's like, and then the football comes, but I could have a drink, a, a gin or a bit or whatever. And then, and then it's sort of just, you know, you can deal with it. Whereas I feel like playing on a Friday, suddenly I woke up on Saturday morning and I was like, oh, it just started. I need to on... find something to do for a start. Yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, you just feel like a loss. And then I feel like I have zero interest in the, the rest of the games. Um so it was, uh, yeah, disappointing. And the last two weekends have obviously been like that. So, yeah, hopefully that's the back of the Friday night games. I think it'll be like five months since we had a home game on a Saturday in between the two the two wow. games. It's November. It's Stoke, isn't it? It was the Stoke nil-nil. And I think the next one's in April. 
if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so Stoke 0-0 was the 11th of November. And then the next one would be uh, Leeds, 6th of April, yeah. That can't that can't be right. Like that, obviously it's right in the context of yes. things, but you can't have that. that well, it's going to be it's going to be, be as bad, if not worse. You know, I know because of how many season. options um, they've got. But to put the games positive, in, yeah. but the but the positive is, um, Harley was saying to me that obviously they're supposed to announce the TV games all the way up to Christmas at the start of the season. Right. So okay. like at so least that plan. way you can plan. So right. like he'll be able to work out what games he can do, et cetera. And then other fans can go, okay, we know that that game's been moved, that game's been moved, et cetera, et cetera. That's a Sunday, that's 12 p.m. So if they do that, then that is something because then at least people can go, okay, it's when it gets moved, you know, the three, four weeks before and it's like, mm. you know, and then, you know, people have, you know, bought train tickets, you know, for, uh, you know, thinking it's one day and then it, if I, then you turn out it's the other day. I'm um, smiling like the Cheshire cat when I saw that certain somebody... Booked yes. a train ticket and the uh, the match is is actually inevitably ended up on the uh, on the Saturday. Yeah. Let's talk about that because we didn't talk about because we recorded it before the draw took place um, away at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Thoughts? Mm. Um, I think before the draw, I, I sort of looked at it and thought, honestly, the worst the worst results would have been like Bournemouth away, but obviously then they lost to Leicester. I really didn't want Leicester again. And then I thought Brighton away. Out of the two, Brighton and Wolves would have been the worst because whereas at least Wolves has got some sort of Midlands sort of spice. But I sort of... So initially I was quite underwhelmed because again, it feels like it's been donkey's year since we played like a, a massive team, you know, home or away. And I think, you know, it would have been great, you know, for the away fans or at the CBS to have a Liverpool or a, or a United or something. But then I thought about it and thought if we... You know, and then then we backed it up with that abysmal performance on Friday. But I did think that if we perform well, it it's a winnable game. You know, of all the Premier yeah, League that's sides, what I, that's why I sort feel, of, yeah. you know, after that initial thing of like, oh, you know, we're not got one of the big boys. You then think, well, actually, if you said to me you've got to beat Wolves, you know, West Midlands derby sort of feel to get to a semi final. Well, actually, there's a lot harder games you could have. Look at Newcastle; they've got to go Man City away. So I look at it and think. It is. It's not a bad draw, and I think if we if we can go into it in a bit of form, we've got a chance. Yeah, I think we got the perfect fixture of what was available. I think we got the best one. Obviously, I, I would have rather been at home, but if we got that draw away, then I was I was totally fine with that. Because, it's got the yeah. makings of great away scenes. Do you know what I mean? Away yeah. limbs. If we were if we were to do it, you know, it's. Uh... It looks like we'll get a decent decent allocation as well. Not a huge amount, but a decent amount, yeah. three, three to four thousand or something along those lines, which is is exciting. I'm 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 really excited. And, and I feel like I mean we'll talk about the season as a whole, but I feel I do feel a bit deflated in relation to the championship, whereas all our coins kind of now are being put on the the FA Cup in a way. That's how it feels like to me. Yeah, no, it does, it does. And I think back to Mac Lee defeats is gonna do that. Um and, you know, the FA Cup, I mean, in a way, I think it's, it's potentially a good welcome sort of distraction, really. It gives us something, you know, you've got nothing to lose. So maybe, maybe in the last couple of games, a bit of pressure has sort of built on the players. And, uh, you know, because we found ourselves in the playoffs, you know, literally sixth, you know, for for a couple of weeks. And uh, and maybe the pressure's got to them slightly, you know, and with a depleted squad. But the FA Cup's an opportunity, you know, just to go out for it. We've got nothing to lose. And, you know, the key word is 
let's be proactive. Don't be passive. The key word today, passive. I don't want yeah. any passive nonsense from the, from the team. And Wolves are still, you know, in with a shout of, of European football. They're chasing that in the Premier League. They're playing really well at the moment. Uh, they're only, you know, six points off off Man United in, in sixth place. So their attention might might be elsewhere also. Um, and they've got a few injuries cropping up, I they, noticed today. They've got a few injuries. You know, they're not... Look, they're playing well. I think Gary O'Neill's doing a really good job there. Um, a really, really good job. I like listening to how he speaks after games. Yeah, I'm a big fan. But, you see him on the uh, Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah, really good. And yeah. you know, and and I do sort of, I, I quite, I warm to him. Just you know, the way he comes across compared to some other managers, you know, Scott Parker and other people who seem really whiny. Gary O'Neill just seems very level-headed. Um, but they are wolves. They're not. They they are where they are in the league. They're not. They're not. Man City, they're not Liverpool, you know, they're not Newcastle. They're not the big and six, seven, no, are they? No, That's they're not. It, so, yeah. you know, because if we were playing one of those big boys, even Man United, who, you know, deep down we sort of go, ah, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd fancy our chances. The chances are, if we played one of them, it would be curtains, like, yeah. you know, no matter what, it, yeah. it would be. As much as we, as much as I watched Man United today and thought, ah, yeah, we could get at these. I'm, I've got to remind myself that, you know, that, that it's they are Manchester United. Now. It's not, yeah. you know, and, it, you know, some of our fans, if you look at read the forum and see some of the ratings that our players get, then actually I'm not <laughs> sure we'd we'd stand much of a chance. Whereas at least Wolves, you go, you know what? Let's give it a go. We've I got mean, a shot. We've got a shot. We've got a yeah. bunch of chance, haven't we? So and if you get into the semi-final at Wembley one-off game, well, the knows, prize money. Right? I mean, we get two. Yeah, that's it. We get over two hundred grand just for being on TV, and the winner gets an extra five hundred or something like that. It's yeah, five hundred grand. So, so you, we're to, we're talking within the millions, then, aren't we, aren't we? Of how much we've secured from, from the, the FA Cup? Yeah. 100%. So, which is really yeah, that, important. It, it's exciting. It's exciting. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah, I'm sure well, the Scarlet Army sure, will sell out in no time, I'm sure. Right, let's get into the crux of this evening. We'll look back at the West Brom uh, defeat on from Friday night. Uh, we'll also talk to Jamie McAllister from the uh, Coventry City Disabled Association. Um, he's come on to, to have a chat about accessibility uh etc for for disabled fans so uh really interesting co- uh, conversation that i had with jamie early on today which we'll include in in this week's podcast and of course we'll look ahead to to rotherham on uh tuesday tuesday night is it tuesday or it wednesday is tuesday yes tuesday nights they they swap and change each week i i can't keep track um but let's get into let's get into west brom dismal is the is the word I, I used. I was angry on Friday night. I was so angry, Ross. I did something I haven't done in about four years, five years. And what was that? Went on to BBC CWR after the match. Wow. And just vent, and just vented. Really, I was I was so angry. I just needed to get it out. And, you know, I'd, I nearly went into a full-blown argument with Rocky. Oh, 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 you actually went on. Sorry, yeah. I thought you went and you tuned in. Oh, I'm going to have to no. go back and listen to it now on BBC no. Sounds. I listen, <laughs> I yeah. Oh, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. This is this is this is exciting. So I was, I, was, right. I went toe to toe with Oggy, um, you know, talking about obviously the defensive structure, which is probably what's going to be talked about the most yeah. over over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and I don't think he was having any of it, to be honest. He kept going on about you know, oh, Mark Robin saying the squad is tired and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, well, Oggy, you can't have it both ways. We use one substitution in the whole match. If players are tired, swap it round. You've I'm got... going to give this a listen. I'm, I'm going to. I mean, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I agree with you. I, I was angry, and but I was angry from 7 p.m. when, when I the saw team came when out, the team yeah. came out, and I could have told you, I could have told Mark Robbins. He said after the game that you know we were far too passive, and everything that happened in the first half is exactly what what I 
imagined when I saw that team. And first of all, the back five. And I was like, what? I, I don't get it. I, well, I, I, I really don't the, the get only, it. The only reason why he's done it is because he hasn't got, he hasn't got Sakamoto, right? But, so he can't play with the free... He, he can't. In that but, wing but I, I would rather... He, he could play... Um, yeah, he could do a four... Uh, you know, a, a four four two diamond, a narrow, or like he could do anything. I was you saying know. this. I you could do so much stuff. Four two two two. I just make yeah. sure. Ever just say to everybody, right? Just run. Be you aggressive. Could have, you could have Latibodia and Eccles. You could have Torp, who could then drift down. You got yeah. Palmer. Just you could then have positions. O'Hare behind right or Sims or whatever it might be. I mean, you know, you could play Palmer on the right, right on the left, or right on the right, Palmer on the left, Sims up top, and then the normal formation because he did that. Against uh, Preston after he, he Sakamoto got taken off, uh, the wing backs honestly, and I, I had to get the, the, the stats up. So obviously we all know that the Stoke game, you know, when we're the beginning of this great run, where we've we've lost four games since the eleventh of November, when we went to the back four, and we've won countless games, and it took us from wherever like twentieth, nineteenth, wherever we were, up into this sort of challenge for the playoffs. Before that, we'd won three games all season, and like so many draws. But it was so passive. I remember going hull away, back five. And all it is is side to side to side to side. And it's so predictable. No one's brave enough. It's like we suddenly go within ourselves and that no one wants to break the lines. It's like, what's the point of having these four attacking players in front of it, the box, when you literally don't want to touch the box? You don't want to unbox it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you it's don't like... want to move from your position. And both, oh. both we, last year, right, the, the wing backs were so integral. And what did they do? They kept moving beyond the line. It, it, honestly, Dean, what infuriates me is there is not one player in that, that team on Friday who looked better in the back five, in my no. opinion. No, no one. We had one player who was better suited to the back five, and he is no longer playing for us. He's playing for Blackburn Rovers and Fads. He was the only player who you went a back five suits more than a back four. The whole reason we went to a back five was to get Fads in the team. Yeah, exactly. He was in the first in. place. Like Van Avak, De Silva, whoever's the wingbacks. And this is what, when I interviewed Bidwell the other week, I was trying to like tease this out. And the question was, our fullbacks, when they're playing in the back four, are 10 times more attacking, are up there. And then as soon as we go to wingbacks, they're just halfway inside our half and then they just De Silva knocks it back to Binks and then the same on the right side and I go hang on what I, what it's is the, going on it should on? be the opposite way around it's the opposite it should be and I just I do not get it and and Robbins I mean he said you know the first half was the quote he said it, it was too passive it was too if you go through the results with that back five Swansea away the same it was all it's very slow it's all very laboured Hull away was exactly the same you know Sunderland at home as well and, you know, Huddersfield again. And you, you go through them all. And then, and it's just like, and then obviously we had those four defeats in October going into November. And again, the same sort of thing where it's just so, it is just so predictable. And you watch it and you go, well, if I can see it, then you'd imagine these, you know, a team who's fifth in the championship is going to also be able to read what we're going to do. And all our chances come from pot, like, you know, pot shots from 20 yards. And and the other off thing. target. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, off top, the other person who suffers from that this back five is the striker. Absolute yeah. graveyard shift. Sims, I feel sorry for because I actually I thought again he's actually shown a bit of aggression and he's been doing that for a few weeks now, which is what I want to see. But he is there is no one within thirty yards of him, and it's like well, what so he we feels like he do? has to take when he, when he gets an opportunity, he feels like he has to take the shot on yeah. all the time, it, and then when a, one shot doesn't go well, it's on his mind straight away. Exactly, because everyone and it's like there's you know O'Hare and Palmer. Their job, if we're gonna do that back 
have to be that they need to be like right with him so then it becomes a three i mean i i was like i don't know it's just so it, it reminded me there's been so many games this year and actually i'd even say this and i said this to other, you know uh, other people last season and i've and honestly I've, I've i've said this before there was period last year where actual our general play with about five was poor really but we had yeah. two players we had a striker and i keep saying that it was, it was a joke who literally those balls that we see go up the line, which Sims sort of chases down and doesn't get, Vic was getting those and being able to dribble in the box, win a penalty or score a goal, add nothing. Yeah. Football's not changed. We were, we were equally, you know, you had Norton Cuffey on the right, Bidwell on the left. And again, they weren't getting like really high up and stuff. It was exactly the same. And then we had a centre midfielder who would literally just drag, you know, would, would pick the ball up in a quarterback role and then drive forward 25 yards. And he'd cover, cover that space. Take those two players out which is what happened over the summer. And then you had that start of the season where I thought pretty much every performance, Barra and Leicester, because we still had Hamer, after that was just so predictable. And then we go to a back four and we we keep a lot more clean sheets. Players look better. Van Avax getting forward and looking like a joke. People were like, yeah, this guy looks unreal. Bidwell, suddenly a, a man reborn. I don't get it. I don't... I wanna I, pick, can I pick you up on the point about the striker, the lone striker, and then yeah. obviously running into channels, right? We were spoiled by Victor last year because... Name me one other player in this league that goes on the sort of runs that Victor does and holds the ball up like Victor did and can make something out of nothing like Victor did. We were spoiled. So we automatically, in fans' minds, we feel like any player who plays in that position now has got to play like Victor or has got to be as good as Victor. And it's not going to happen. It doesn't happen. There's one player in this whole division who can do that kind of thing, and it's Josh Sargent, and he's coming back from a, a bad injury. Yeah. But even, even he can't get to the levels the that Victor Jokeres can get. So, fans, you need to get it out of your mind of this this lone striker being like guns blazing, I'd like to getting think, the ball past people and taking taking people on. That doesn't happen. I'd like to think people are seeing actually the flaws to the system. And, and, and this is not just like, this is not me just sort of saying this like, Oh, hindsight with it. I remember last year before we went on that run after we lost to Stoke and we were drawing at home and stuff. When Vic wasn't on it, we looked. It was like that, that was it. <laughs> there was no other plan. And the, the, I just feel like he and Hamer last year papered over the cracks to this system. And then we saw at the start of this season, all through August, all through September, into October, um, we, we saw that actually, well, this is very quite laboured. It's very slow. It's very predictable. Suddenly you go to a back four that freed up everybody. And then we were so much more dynamic. We were, we were actually defensively better. Like this formation, we're worse going forward. We're worse defensively. We're worse in midfield. Everyone just goes introverted. I don't, I just, so obviously when I saw that on the team sheet, I was like, oh, great, fantastic. But not only um, that, Liam Kitchen still seemingly bombed out of the squad. Well, this is what I'm going to come to now. The two other big decisions. Well, there's three. You got the so goalkeeper. Out of the back five, right? Three of the three of the back five were still there from the Preston game. After that shambolic display defensively, so I, I don't. I'm I'm not sure on the thinking. Uh, I mean, listen, the, I'm of the view if you're ill, like I don't know. If, if you're put, ill, if you're, if you're not fit, in the squad. Yeah, you're not on the bench. If you're fit, fit enough on contagious. the bench, exactly. So it's like to me the the, the ones I don't understand after De Silva's performance against Preston. It was like, you know, because Robbins has done this earlier in the season. Bobby Thomas made one mistake at Watford. He go. was taken out of the team. Yeah. De Silva, even by Robbins' own admission, 
had a howler, got hauled off at half time. And you're thinking this is perfect for Bidwell. West Brom, physicality, you know, he, he, he'll come in. No, Liam Kitchen, I do not. This is the one I don't understand. And I, for a long time, I've not been the biggest. I've not seen what other people have seen with Binks, to be honest. And I've been, always been a bit like, he, he looks suspect. But I, think he, I think Binks would be better in the centre of a back three. If you're going to play Probably. It rather than but, the left-hand side. We're, 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 I don't understand why Kitchen's out the team. The, the thing, it all started when Kitchen came in. Um, sorry, you know, he missed the Millwall game. So he missed Norwich and Millwall because he was, um, sorry, Millwall because he was suspended. Yeah. Um, and Sheffield Wednesday, which was sandwiched in there. Then he comes back in Plymouth, scores the equalising goal. You know, it was actually, and he played okay. It was Thomas who had a bit of a mare that game, mm. Plymouth. Then Stowe, and then the next three games, just out the oh, team again. And it's like, we're talking about players needing rest and stuff. Well, he's, he's he had a two game rest because he, he was suspended and he comes back in and scores the equalizer. I mean, to me, just from the outside, and again, I'm not, uh, we're neither of us are at Brighton. I don't know what's going on, but like to me, from what I've seen with my eyes, Liam Kitchen's performances, he's been like the standout, really, a standout performer on that in that defensive line the standout performer for me. Even better than Bobby Thomas. I have reservations over Bobby Thomas personally in some scenarios. But Liam Kitchen has been the one player other than I still think he dived in for the uh, for the for the chance at Norwich. But he's been the standout player. And we talk about, you know, finding a formation that works, consistency. We found one, ladies and gentlemen. We went yeah, on we an eighteen game unbeaten streak. We've and what was the what was the the formation? A back four. Majority of the games was Van Evac, Thomas, Kitchen, and uh, Bidwell. and Bidwell with Collins behind. Okay, I, I don't personally rate Collins, but I rate him enough to be the starting goalkeeper because of his I mean, performances. You you don't go on that run. You don't you don't go on the run that we have. Even if you can't factor in the two uh, defeats, take away West Brom because it was back five. But if you look at all the other games and you go, well, actually, there's three defeats in that run playing a back four since November. You, you, that's not a coincidence. That's not, you don't do that by luck. Do you know what I mean? Like if uh, you'd argue that we were riding our luck at the start of the season, that we were getting some draws in some games, you know, Watford last minute goal, you know, that's, you know, and, and, and things like that. Norwich last minute own goal as well. You know, we could have easily lost those two games. I I, I don't know. I, I don't understand why Kitchen's not playing because I don't think Binks has been particularly great. And again, I think we saw it again. And, so, I mean, immediately I saw seeing that team, I was the same as you. I was angry. I was, and I, I just knew exactly how it was going to go. And then you get five minutes. I mean, I guess the positive is that we, you know, we lasted, you know, 10 times as long as we did against Preston. But I mean, it was just, it's just embarrassing. Like we literally look so porous defensively. Yeah. And every good team is built on a very, very solid foundation. You look at all the teams that are playing well in this division and you could pretty much say they they make maybe one change every three or four games in that back line. We're making three, four, five formation changes here and there. We're not good enough to be making those changes. We've showed that we're not good enough. I don't... Listen, is this could turn into an hour-long rant about a back five. Um, I don't particularly want to... I think all wanna... fans are in the same boat, though. I, don't, I, 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 I can't imagine there's many people who'd be listening to this thinking, like, I completely disagree. Because... Listen, the back five served its purpose, like, you know, and we had it for several seasons. But clearly, I think everyone could see that, you know, it it, it wasn't working. And 
you know, I was just thinking then, people might be going, well, you know, last season, we had the goalkeeper who kept the golden glove and how did we keep Kurt Shemley clean sheets? Well, I'll tell you again, it comes down to Jokeres because we were able to just sit in literally as a, a, a flat five. Reserve and, so and, much and, energy. And then just play yeah. a ball in the channel and, and well, move the ball I, I, the pitch. I said, I said it on a podcast earlier in the season. I think it was me and Dave Moore. And last season, we won like seven games, one nil. And if you go through those one nils, they were all something where like Jokeres did something just ridiculous and they would have otherwise finished nil nil. And you sort of just go, we wouldn't have made the playoffs then if one of those hadn't been a win. So I just think, hopefully this is the end. I mean, Robin's even admitted it, but I felt like saying, I could have told you that, Mark, 10 seconds after the team came out, I could have gone, we're going to be way too passive today. You know. And both goals come from being passive, don't they? I mean, the first one, we seen we saw the guy do it, uh, Johnson do it against Plymouth a week and a half ago. Exactly the same goal, exactly the same goal. And then the Dean Garner goal is the ball just like De Silva puts a half-assed effort in for me, and then the ball goes past two players and it falls to him. Like it's just piss poor. And it, honestly, it all comes down to not knowing each other's position and etc. Like you totally confused in the moment. And the problem is, it's like we're waiting to concede because we have absolutely, like, again, and it was just a heart back to the start of the season. You watch us and you go, how on earth are we going to score? You know, either it's going to be something spectacular or, or that own goal or something. Whereas you go back to, you know, that great run we were on, you felt like, oh, yeah, dynamic. Listen, I know Sakamoto's injured, but you had Hadji Wright looking really good off the left. You know, Casey Palmer, O'Hare, Ellis Sims. There's players, though. Victor Torp's now come in and looked, you know, really good. There's still enough with Sakamoto being injured for us to still look dynamic because also Van Avak was getting forward. He was overlapping up on the right. So, I, And then suddenly we go to a back five and it's just... What I don't understand, Dean, is like... De Silva, the wing back. So you got back three, and then De Silva is literally stood halfway in our half. And Ellison's up by himself. O'Hare and Palmer just taking it in turns by hide and seek, sort of thing, like in front of the midfield. Because, and then they're just outnumbered. So, you, you know, you can just, you got West Brom shirts all the way across midfield. So then De Silva just goes back to Binks. And then I'm literally like, if I see those two pass it between each other <laughs> one more time. They must have the most passes between, well, actually, probably O'Hare and Palmer during that little sequence before but- half time. That that pissed me right off. That oh well. How are you? They're, how... they're running down the clock for half time, passing the ball like to each other so it... they get their passing accuracy stats up. It's a we, joke. We play in that formation like we don't know what we're doing. That like that's the only explanation because I would love to say ask Mark Robbins. I'm like, like, what's the plan? So when Binks has got it, what are you in an ideal world seeing? Like, what should he be doing? What should everyone else be doing for us to then create these chances? Because again, I wasn't seeing it last season either. It was just a ball into the channel to Vic. And I know people kind of have that. But my point is that this formation doesn't, isn't working with the personnel we've got. And we, it was working for 18 games, whatever it was, you know, from November with a back four. Seemingly, we've just got gone away from it. I, I personally also feel like we're we're missing some leadership in there, and I think it has to be in the form of Liam Kelly. You play a back four, you've got an extra player to you know to put him in there. Stunned, he didn't play. I, I'm really stunned because I thought I thought he got a full 19 against Maidstone. It was on the Monday. I mean, I it felt listen- like the type of game where it was absolutely made for him, just mm. to sit there and go right. Let's be solid here. Let's just sit in, get a shape, get a you know. 
a foothold and see what we can do with it from there on. But once you go one nil down in what six minutes or stuff, the game plan's out the window, really. Yeah, exactly. And 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 then yeah, just everything and also every shot that's on target at the moment just seems to be flying in the back of the net. You know, mm. like Wilson doesn't seem to be sending anything. I'm not saying he should have saved the first one or anything, but it just feels like shots on our goal <laughs> seems like a quite a high percentage of leading, you know, two goals. Um I don't have that stat for you, unfortunately. No, but I can imagine. I, I, I had seen it. I'd seen But there like... was two out of two for them, weren't it? Two shots on target. Uh, two shots, two goals. Well seventeen I mean, shots for us, three on target. Well that well that that was the thing I was going to come on to. <laughs> shots to shots on target. I mean, please, for the love of God. I mean, I, I rate Sims and I, I know people say but I I do think there's a player there, I really do. But I saw those two shots he had. Well, I'm thinking it just like like he's playing FIFA and he just hold circle down too long and just blasted it over. I'm thinking, mate, the, work the keeper. He had like, five shots and five shots off target. You know, that, it, it, you know, and two it, of them were probably were like guilt edge chances, really. The one with the free ball from Palmer and the one where he, you know, nearly goes out for a throw in, really, on his right foot. And he goes yeah. out for a throw in behind him. Yeah, it's really. Uh... I think he will come good. I think, like, I just think he's lacking confidence and, you know, we can't keep saying this because at some point it has to change, but I think he has shown enough previously at other clubs that he can finish and he has shown with us that he can finish, but it's just not enough. Like we give him so many chances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so many chances. Um, And it's like, you just want to, you want to see him, you want to see him hitting the target because actually if the next step, if he was finding the target most of the time, then you're like, Okay, it's getting there. It's close now. It's just, it's but it's just so rash. You know, it is rash. Like he's yeah. just scored a hat trick, and you, you just, you just thinking, okay, bit of bit of calmness. Like, and it's just, I don't know. It, it's what I'd do tomorrow at six aside. Just like very you, overzealous, you know, isn't it? And very, however, very like here's a chance. Like, oh, wide, like wide it. eyes, yeah. and then just snap at it. And it's like you're a professional footballer, man. Like, please just. But like, I, I think the least of our problems. From Friday was Ellis Sims. I really yeah, yeah, I, 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 the yeah. least of our problems because first half was an absolute graveyard shift. You, you two nil down. I mean, if it's nil nil, if like if this is the problem with the back five this year, defensively we've been worse. So it's not like if we were unbelievable with a back five defensively, but we lost a bit going forward. You could sort of see like, okay, right, okay, I can see the merit, but we've been worse defensively with the back five as well. So I I, I don't know. And we lose all our attacking spark. Like, we're literally O'Hare anonymous, you know. Yeah, I was about to mention, he obviously got dragged off at half time. I think it was fully justified, in my opinion. I think it looked like he didn't really care much after going to down. Uh, just, it's... Uh... This tippy-tappy stuff. Okay, you know, it looks great in your stats, but you honestly, you look like a right knob passing the ball. Him and Palmer passed the ball between each other 12 times in about 20 seconds. And I was like, well, we're not going anywhere, lads. One of them involved, like, they tap, 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 tap to each other within like, a couple of seconds. And I was like, what? what's that about? They got a few whistles from the crowd. But that just sort of epitomized everything. Like, there was just sort of that laborious attitude. Yeah, we've got no other idea of what to do. So we'll just do a little bit of pinball between us. Um... It pissed me right <sighs> off that little yeah. moment before half time. I, I had my uh, remote in my hand and I got up off the sofa and I threw it so hard at the sofa. 
I was so angry. Yeah, no. I, I don't normally get like that. No, it was. I, it, I was. It, it, it just flipped me over the edge massively because West Brom didn't have to do anything no. for that win, anything at all. And then when we got finally got a foothold in the game, second half, and we started to create a little bit more, and it's got too late. it was too late, and we still persevered with us with the bat five. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, I was just I like, mean, "What's going on? We've got well, five listen, substitutes." To I'm, make. I'm all here to double down on things at times, but oh my word, you like for the love of God, honestly, like I was like, he has to take take off Binks, man, like, and he needs to just play. Fucking Latibodier and Thomas, or or what? And, and he's bring right on. And when he when he kept the back five, I was thinking, I, I just it's listen. And then my Rob has talked about mentality after the game. He said second half we that aggressive mentality. It's like yeah, it's all it's easy to do that when you two 0 down and chasing, yeah, yeah chasing because we've got nothing. It's like well, okay, but yeah, you know, we won the second half. Yeah, whoop to do. But but the first half when we're in the game and it's like this is when you want to let, let's go at them. We're passive and then we inevitably concede. The first half reminded me of our first season back in the championship where we would just sit there, literally back five again, sit there and just do some nice passes. Don't, don't We would refuse to do anything risky and then inevitably we'd just concede because we'd just be getting deeper and deeper and they'd have so much territory that eventually teams of that quality are going to put a good ball in the box or or you know get a good shot off and inevitably it's going to go in. And I just to persist with about five second half I mean, Matty Godden, I mean, listen, he's coming for some serious criticism, but you're there and you're thinking you're chasing the game. Pack five and Matty Godden can't even come on. Like That's where you know things are going bad for you as a, as a, as a professional. Uh, like well, you're not being brought on in that type, type of game. Listen, I think everyone's been critical of Matty Godden, say, in uh, recent weeks, but like I'm there going, it's 2-1. You know, we need... You know what? He's the sort of person, actually, who, who again, if, if it, you know, one of those Sims chances where he could get, say, a shot off, yeah, you, you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't back you wouldn't bet against Matty Godden like you know at least getting on target. Yeah, getting it on the target, start. making the keeper work. That'll and... be a start. So I was again. My Robinson's use of Matty Godden surprises me sometimes because sometimes you like start him and you're like I'm yeah, really surprised. There, and there's then, games and then he... where he shouldn't be started or be brought on in, and he gets brought on. And then there's games where you're thinking, you know what? We need another striker. We haven't got that many made. attackers. Yeah, and 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 he doesn't. He's an unused sub, and you just go. I don't know. It just, it, I don't know. I they only got out of their half. I was looking at this today. They only got out of their half seven times in the last twenty-five minutes. Who West Brom? Yeah, and but they and, were, and completed a pass. But, but it was. I was watching it and thinking, if we. I mean, Palmer. Listen, I thought second half he was more instrumental, but he is so frustrating. Oh yeah. Like his, yeah. His, there's times where you're like, like, how's he done that? And there's it, times they, they, like, they just what are you away? doing? And I'm thinking, if this was us, if we were West Brom you know that they would score, the opposition, because they were just, we were literally, you know, wave after wave, but then we'd just give the ball away with the most, Palmer would like, you do a bit of skill and you're like, oh, class. And then the pass, he'd like, there'd be Van Avak open on the right wing and he'd try and thread this eye of the needle pass to Sims and I'm like, oh, but Van Avak was there. Pass. Yeah, like, I remember which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah. I remember going, I remember I stood up then. I mean, I couldn't find a remote to throw, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, what, what is going on, please? Oh, total wind up. Um, I felt like a good therapy session. I think we're we're in total agreement. The bat five should never be seen again unless we get different players to actually utilize the system correctly. Well, we just look we just look so far. It's not like it. It's not like we're close. Like, and I've gone. You know, it's really close to actually. 
I, I honestly don't think we, I don't look at us and think we know what we're doing in it. But it so feels I, like we're, we're an experiment this, this season. That's what it feels like. But I feel like we experimented at the start of the season, found, yeah. found the nucleus effectively in the back four with Collins. And now you, you've got an opportunity to, to experiment at the top end of the pitch. So let's do that. But keep the solid base we, we found that The solid worked. base. Keep that back five of the goalkeeper in the back four. You know, like, yes, we haven't got that many wingers. But you've got, we've got centre mids. Ben Sheaf's coming back. You've actually, there are a lot of four, um, four-man formations that don't need wingers. You know what I mean? Like, say, like we said at the start, you could play Kelly sitting in as that sort of pivot. Then you could have, you know, uh, Victor Torp and you know, Ben Sheaf when he's back or... Or Eccles, Eccles there, yeah. and then you could have O'Hare behind Wright and Sims, or you could have Palmer, like you say, four two 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 or whatever, and then give Palmer and that that freedom, and then Just get say, the fullbacks. Fill on. the space, guys. All you have to do is fill the space. You know, you've got a little bit of protection in Liam Kelly back there, but by the time they've got the ball in that part of the pitch, you should be able to trap back, pick up a player, pick up the space defensively, and also an attacking sense as well. Just give give them the freedom to do that. There's an opportunity there, I feel. But I do. Well, I think you've I, got to... I, I'm scared that Mark Robbins doesn't do that enough. I, well, I'm scared we're going to say, I, I'm scared the back five is going to be here to the end of the season. And I, I really. The Surely moment... you look, can't look at that on Friday and go, yeah, that was a you know solid, well, solid base of a performance. Well, no, because, I mean, and again, Robbins did say what we were thinking, but I just, I don't know, like, he just. It's bizarre to me. It it really is, you know. And and in then individuals defensively, like De Silva. Listen, at the start of the season, De Silva, you know, was arguably one of our better players. But if I have to see him do like a little elastico skill, you know, in our <laughs> own defensive third, what like, please just help ourselves. We don't help ourselves. That's the problem. Like, and then everything's so reactive. It, you know, we never. We just let them. I would like you say I wouldn't even say they took control. We just we just went, come on then, come on to us and and then, you know, take the lead and put the game out of sight. And then suddenly it's like, well, okay, now we'll give it a huff and puff in the second half. But frustrating, Dean, mate. I, I hope that's I hope I'm Rotherham. I mean, if I see about five on Tuesday, oh Will you walk out? Uh I won't walk out, no, but I'll um I dirty might go pro- for it. Dirty, dirty protest. No, I might go and get I might go for my <laughs> little my uh, my first half. Uh, we break might happen quite soon, <laughs> maybe, and I'll grab a. It might be a prolonged one. Yeah, but uh, hopefully not. I mean, well, obviously going to come on to that, but yeah, very disappointing. Um, yeah. Do you have Do you have a man of the match? Is there any? I perform man of the match. Is there anything else you want to say? I mean, I, I, like guess, we've, we've I guess we've had a good wanna, thirty-five minute rant here. Well, the last thing I want to ask, just throw out there, because we spoke about you know, kitchen binks and um, Bidwell, you know, and De Silva. The other thing is the goalkeeper situation, mate. Like the one thing that I've heard from so many people have said, I, they've all said the same thing. I don't understand why Collins is taken out against Stoke. Like everyone said the same thing to me, and it like, and I sort of thought, like, oh maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's gone on there. I don't know what you think, Auntie. I don't. I, to be honest, I haven't heard anything. I normally get a little inkling of. Anything that's what, happened. What, what, like what? Like, do you think Collins is going to come back in or? Well, yeah, he has to at some point. Like, I, I, I don't, I didn't get the decision in the first place. I know, okay, yes, we got a clean sheet in the game that Wilson came in, everything, happy days. But 
since then, it still it still hasn't been great, has it? Well, if you look at the last three games, then with that, you know, with uh, with the silver Binks and, and Wilson in goal, you know, two two defeats out of the last three. The Stoke game was only one, you know, one nil, and you know, again, he was, wasn't we went up was, against an awful Stoke side. Yeah, wasn't and wasn't a resounding, you know, wasn't a comprehensive yeah. victory. I mean, he's got to make changes. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It almost feels like some bizarre sort of experiment. But it keeps, it, just... but it keeps saying about you know the the illness and stuff. But how long is this flu then? And if he has the flu, he shouldn't be in the squad. Well, I mean, yeah. Because if you, you know, I'm I'm not a doctor, whatever. You can still be contagious. You can still get symptoms from you know people who've had the flu 10, 12 days. It's not you know talk about this incubation period or whatever nonsense like i said i'm not a doctor but you could still get symptoms from it so if you have any type of illness like that you shouldn't be anywhere near the first team because it could just yeah rip through the squad we've seen it in the past with other teams we've had ourselves there was that but you know that i remember that was it the blackpool game when everyone yeah. was ill a few years yes yeah, years yeah. Back. And he paid palmer up front yeah yeah so it's you know oh i just i just don't understand like you know, I yes, he was rotating the team because obviously all the fixtures, you know, playing a Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, whatever it was. I just I don't understand though this sort of weird last couple of games, this sort of weird just change because like you you said this, Dean, you said it on Twitter and on the group chat, but like I think changing the forward line, mixing that up, it can be a positive thing because it's you know keeping everyone fresh and and again, listen, it's, it's the forward areas, you know, the element of surprise. Whereas de- yeah, defensive. whereas defensively, you want to keep. You know, like the relationships, we said this at the start. I remember we did a pod and we said that the relationships just aren't there. And then suddenly we went on that really good run. I think it was me, you and Dave. And we said, again, you can start it seeing, you can see it coming now. Kitchen and uh, and Thomas and Collins, you can see that. Yes, we're going to concede goals. That's just the nature of football. But Bidwell and Kitchen, you could see them starting to build an understanding. And then that was transcending it further forward with Bidwell and Hadji Wright and Van Avak and Sakamoto, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know, now, I, just the last two, three games, it feels like all that's just been blown out the window. Yeah. And, and, and now we don't, who, you don't know who your defensive partner is going to be. You don't know if it's going to be in a back three or a back, back four. Um, so I, I don't know, I'm at a bit of a, a loss. I'm really. with you, total loss. Um, I'm also at a loss for who, I, who I'd give man of the match. Do you want to, maybe Palmer for forcing it a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, Palmer... As frustrating it's a, as he it's is, a low fucking bar this week, by the he way. He was trying, at least what he was trying to do is, you know, I can't, I can't on one hand criticize in the first half that no one was trying any risky passes. Yes, Palmer, sometimes there is an easy option out there and he sort of ignores it and goes for the Hollywood one, but he tries stuff and he was trying stuff in the second half. It was, It is a low bar, but I agree. I think I'd give it to Palmer. Right, let's move on to a little feel good factor of the podcast earlier today. I spoke to Jamie McAllister from the Coventry City Disabled Supporters Association to talk about the brand new campaign, Unite for Access. Jamie, welcome along to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. How are you, fella? I'm good, thanks, mate. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. No problem at all. Obviously, a a huge deal at the moment. Um, You're here to talk about a very, very important initiative. Fans may have spotted it over the last few games. I think Joel actually walked out with uh, the Hawthorns with with a poster. It's for the Unite for Access campaign, which is 
a period of inspiration and celebration of, of good access and inclusion at sports venues. You were involved in the launch with the club a couple of weeks ago. Can you just talk us through that and, and its importance, please? Yeah, so um, the United for Access is, like you said, a campaign that is run by a charity known as Liberal Playing Field, who do great work, mainly in football, but um, they do do it across just sports in general, where, yeah, we, we celebrate what sports clubs, football clubs already do um, for those disabled supporters, whether it's providing a set facility, facility like a sensory room for neurodivergent individuals or audio description commentary for visually impaired and blind people, anything like that. And it is purely just a time for clubs to, obviously, like you've seen yourself and probably people are listening at the Maidstone game or the West Brom game on Friday night, is to purely raise awareness of disability in that, you know, disabled people do attend football games and sports events, but we just access it in a slightly different way to your standard way of accessing a sports event. So, yeah, it is, and it, it just allows clubs to show off really about you know what we do. This this is the levels we go to, and some of the people involved in the football clubs do amazing work. They work out hours and hours doing all sorts of things just to make that you know two three hours on a Saturday afternoon or whatever it is is as enjoyable as possible for disabled supporters. Um, and thankfully and luckily, as for the Maystone game coincided with the probably you say official launch for the the new Coventry City Disabled Supporters Association. So um that that was um really well tidied and that's where you would have saw the photos with myself and a few other people along with um Ben Wilson, Liam Kelly and uh, Ellis Sims and Josh Eccles. So yeah it was it's been a good good couple of weeks really to really push forward that you know, the club mean mean good and, and want to make those match days as accessible and as enjoyable as, as possible for everyone. It's been great that we've been on TV for both those games as well. So the awareness exactly, hopefully yeah. is, is even more. You've you've mentioned the Disabled uh, Supporters Association there. That's a great move from the club, isn't it? You know, how hopeful are you now that there's a key link between the club and that it might open up more possibilities for, for disabled fans to, to still access and, and enjoy the football like like we all should? Yeah, exactly. It's it's been it's been a while in the in the making. Um, I've been pushing for it for probably almost a couple of years now. Um, and now we have Jodie Jones at the club, who's the support supporters liaison officer. Um, she's been great in kind of speaking speaking for us to the club. You know, the people within the club who can really make decisions. I'm glad um, you mentioned her because she seems to have like really implemented lots of key changes, hasn't she? Like the, she has, but yeah. the ticket buying uh, experience is a lot better now from what I've been told. And that sensory room, which you've, you've mentioned before, so important. Those, I mean, they might seem small in the grand scheme of things, but for, you know, for people who have those, those disabled issues, it's, it's massive for them. Exactly, Ed. It's huge. And you need someone like that, whether it's one person or whether it's a team of people, you need someone like that to really, you know, take your corner, so to speak, and and put the reasons across to the people who really can make those, you know, final decisions that this is this is what we need, this is why it's important, and these are the benefits. Um so yeah, and, and she's not only obviously she's just a supporter there as an officer as well. She's so she's having to deal with every single you know, fan in general as well as the disabled supporters. So she's done a, a great job and she's really enabled us to get this DSA up and running properly as well, facilitating 
the, the meeting we did a few weeks back with the players um, and being our kind of middle person, so to speak, between us and the club. So, and that's that's what we're aiming for going forward. We aim to be a advisor group of sort to begin with, um, just to you know advise the club on what is best to do to make the the match days and everything else surrounding the club really more accessible. Um, and yeah, it's 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 like like Jody is with us in the club. We hope to be with us and the club, so to speak. So with the fans, sorry, and, and the club to, to be that person or a group of people that a disabled supporter can come to after maybe a positive experience or a negative experience and just just tell us what, what they thought and how they think we could improve or a solution or it could be small, it could be big. Just just gives them really... a voice, doesn't it? That's exactly, that's, the, yeah. that's the main thing. Exactly. Yeah, we are we are that's what we hope to be. We hope to be a voice and just to make the club better as a whole, you know, we're on a good patch on the pitch, so why not match it with stuff we do on off the pitch? Totally, totally agree. Um, as part of this association, do you, is there one key thing that you want to try and get across the line? Um, well, if I was to be, if I was to be selfish, <laughs> it'd be... Yeah, be selfish, why not? <laughs> it'd be the audio description commentary. Um, right. Is that not although, available at the moment? It's not, no. It's available in a sort of that, you can um, request a headset or portable radio, which allows you so, to listen to, listen to, to CWR. BBC CWR. Yeah, yeah, which is you know it's it's fine, but for someone like myself or for anyone else who pretty much basically can't see anything that's going on the pitch, it's audio descriptive commentary and radio commentary are quite very uh, different. I different. can imagine. Yeah. yeah, so they're very very descriptive. Obviously, like he says on the tin, basically, and it. it yeah, you, you miss things listening to radio commentary that you wouldn't miss if you were to use AD commentary. So, yeah, that is that's one of the, the big things that I'm trying to push. And I, I remember I, with AD commentary, I might just bring this up. I remember clicking on it on my remote by mistake at some point, and it's yeah, it's such a different experience. It's it's really like it's not odd, but it's just different. Like it doesn't feel like a standard commentary. Yeah, it, it brings you it brings you the t- things to it to your attention that you wouldn't really notice, isn't it? Like more detail, explain yeah. more in detail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you know what someone looks like, or the emotions, or what they're literally doing with their arms and legs, or you know anything like that. Um, to be fair, I think we might need a lot of fans to have some AD commentary for some of the stuff <laughs> yeah. they talk about. Yeah, you make a good point. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it is one of those things, and. Rugby have got into it. They they're doing it at the moment on with the Six Nations and they're doing it on TV. Um, so that's that's a that's a good thing and that gets it out there. But I'm personally I'm probably won't be one who used it myself as much as maybe some others because I go with my fiance who does a, a very good job of telling me what's on the pitch. But you know I I I can't tell you how many visually impaired or blind fans go to golf games. I know there's I know at, at least half a dozen mm. and they would all use it and that's you know that's. So let's say that's six season tickets, you know. So that's, and if if it's more visually impaired and blind fans see that service is now available, and think, oh, then I can I can now access the game. Well, one person completely. tells another person, and then it, exactly, know, it, yeah. Before you know, it spreads out wildfire effectively. Exactly, and you, you don't know how many more season tickets that could be. So that that is the aim: just getting people in and people in, enjoying the game, like we all we all should. Has that been the biggest barrier for you then? in the past following Coventry? How's that sort of changed over the years for yourself? Yeah, it's been an interesting one, really. I, I, um, as some of the guys from um, SBE, when I've been to a couple of games with them, away games, and I'm very much like, 
just just get amongst it. I'd sing and, and shout and whatever. And as you should do, I, I, you should feel yeah, part of the, yeah. part of the Sky Blue Army. Like exactly, regardless yeah. of, of if you can't see, you can't hear, whatever the disability may be, we're we're all one. We're all you know gunning for the same cause, effectively. That's it. Yeah, we all we all we all are there for the same reason. And some people like to access the game differently. Some people like to go to go sit down in a quiet a bit and stick a pair of headphones on and listen to the commentary whilst you know they kind of soak in the atmosphere, so to speak. Whereas you have people like me. So yeah, my my experiences have been different. Really, it's definitely helped. Obviously, that I go with people and they're happy to tell me what's going on and and what have you. And my fiance does a great job. She's she wasn't really a football fan to begin with, but now she, you know, she knows all all the terms. I think she even knows what offside is, which wow. I'm pretty proud of myself. Too. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's surprising for a person who doesn't know football coming into the game. <laughs> that, that, that's that's with, that's with my explanation. So I don't know how I've got that one across, but yeah, she knows all the players' names, and yeah, it's it's something like that where I just I just go just because it's you know it's, it's it's an escape and you can enjoy yourself for nine minutes or at least most of the time. Um, and you have amazing moments like Middlesbrough away or the Wembley game or Blackburn away last season or anything like that. And that, that is what you go for, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, you obviously spoke about the campaign and obviously it's been highlighted over these these two weeks. But it's so important, isn't it, that we sort of continue the awareness into the future and not just sort of stranglehold it to these two weeks. We need to keep, you know, knocking the nail on the head as, as such. Yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Like it's the same with any kind of awareness campaign is it's not limited to the, to just these two weeks it's about just pushing it forward beyond the two weeks and and hopefully with the dsa that is something that we can do we can you know push all these little things forward that the club may miss or or anything like that and just yeah just allow that kind of space for people to attend and and really to to capture what they think they should be enjoying within football whether it's the football itself or whether it's socialized you know there's, there's all sorts of things people go to the football for so yeah it's beyond these two weeks but these two weeks definitely help highlight it to start with and and you know yeah, you can then just just keep pushing and, and you never know where you'll end up and just finally i think we should probably talk about your win at the the fca the football content awards <laughs> uh, you won the equality diversity and inclusion award um that must be a you know such a proud feeling because I've seen it myself. You've been pushing for you know all the tireless work you put into campaigning for the the alternative text on images mm. on on social media. And um, I thought it was ironic that they announced you as the winner and there was a nice picture there, but there was no Didn't. alternative text. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is uh, which is really ironic. But I mean, yeah. incredible achievement for yourself. So so well done on that. Thank you. It's because ages ago now, but yeah, that that was a that was a very surreal moment and. Yeah, I, I, I like to think I'm I'm making some impact, whether it's small or big. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's something that I'm just I, I enjoy. So you know that that is the main thing. And it's, if it's something you enjoy, then you're gonna put your all into it, and hopefully things come of it. And I'm yeah, you know, extremely proud to have that along with the, another award actually that I won earlier this year. So, um, yeah, it's great. It was really great. Mate, I reckon we could we could actually go on for for ages here. It's been a, a fascinating chat, and uh, I'm sure we'll get go into some more detail in, in the future, and we'll get you on again. But for the time being, absolutely, like kudos to you for for all the tireless work, and and keep going because you know people you. will benefit from from it. Um, just finally, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, they can go at that blind lad on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days. That's all. That's all I use, and that's where I tirelessly. 
um, talk about alt text and everything else. Um, and yeah, I always have a podcast if you want to listen to that, if you're interested in disabled people's stories, then that's uh, that Blindness podcast on anywhere you like to listen. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, let's move it on. Let's look ahead. Tuesday night, Rovrum at home. Thoughts must win at this stage oh. with how things are sort of shaping up in the league. Well, Mark Robbins spoke after the West Brom game saying, you know, it's important and imperative that we don't let the season fizzle out. Uh, well, it certainly will fizzle out if we do not win on, on Tuesday. Uh, Rotherham, three wins all season. One of them against us. One against us. <laughs> their, their, their last win was on Boxing Day. Oh, Jesus. They're, they're currently three, four, seven defeats in a row. Um, Yeah, that game against us over the season was horrendous. And that was, again, a back five. I'm not going to talk about it again, but yeah. They've only won three games, and I think if you get done, if they, if they, if a team who's won three matches, who are on course to set a new, beat their own record of lowest points in the championship season, if they do the double over you or, or get four points out of six from you, then you don't deserve to get the playoffs. As simple as that. And, we need a um, reaction, don't we? This is a game that's just you just have to react to to what was a very very laborious and and poor performance in in general, really. And you know, we we showed it against Maidstone. I know the opposition. We we bounced back in that game, but we've got to do it again. And yeah. it's it's all about the mentality going into this game for me. Obviously, we've got the better team. We've got the better players. Of course, that's that's a given. But it's it's about being mentally prepared for the challenge that that faces you. Well, and that's where we fell down at their place early in the season. You know, um, they they wanted it more and. Um... I remember Mark Robbins was very angry after that game, as as were we all. But I, I sort of just, it is that mentality thing. And I was thinking about this. You look at West Brom, you look at Preston, right? You know, we played them when they played us. You look at Hull and you look at Norwich. They seem to have, you know, up until like two weeks ago, we were literally, we were the team in the playoffs. All these other teams seem to have this mentality of, we're going to do it. You know, Preston, like, we've set a points tally. We're going to do it. They might get it. They might fall short. It is what it is. But, they seem to, regardless, they're going to leave everything out on the pitch. Same with Norwich. They're getting good form. West Brom, you know, again, ruthless. Keep churning out the results. Hull. We, for some reason, I don't know why, like, I don't know, just look a bit scared. Just to look a little bit sort of like overawed by the pressure and uh, and sort of just feeling a bit sorry for ourselves. I, I don't like understand. That's how it sort of seems. Um but we can't do that on Tuesday. And and I want to see us. There's no two ways about it. We we have to win. Like, 
yeah, we sort of got away with it results-wise. You know, Hull and Preston drawing was probably the best we could have uh, hoped for out of that game. But we have to win on Tuesday. Anything other than a win, uh, I do think that is is curtains because you need to be beating Rotherham. You know, I'm sure Mark Robbins will come out and say they're a good side, like he does about every team. Um, but but they're not. They're they're a terrible team. Yeah. I um I actually watched the Rotherham Sheffield Wednesday game on on Saturday, um on on iFollow, just to just to see how how Rotherham played really, and they give you so many opportunities. It's actually scary. Not just in front of goal, just opportunities to to play through the lines. They played this very odd system where they had a very rigid three at the back, but never played wing backs. They played just wingers. So there was always that opportunity to float the ball in behind and get at them. Now, I know we don't have Sakamoto, but we've got Hadji Wright, who could yeah. do who could do that job you very, could put palm very well. Out. You could put palm, you could palm, palm on, on the right hand side. These are the type of players that need to find space. And that's, I think we're going to get so much space in this game and it's about utilizing it as much as we can. They are not a very good team. They don't create chances at will. They had, they don't string passes together. They're just very, very poor. And like you say, if you, if you can't come out of that, that game with a performance and a result, then yeah, we don't deserve, deserve to, to stay in the, in the playoff playoff hunt. And the one player who I'd absolutely love from this Rotherham team is their goalkeeper, Victor Johansson. He is outstanding. Distribution, pretty good, but shot saving, aerial uh, presence. It's just, he's just a remarkable goalkeeper. I'm still confused actually why he's, he's at Rotherham. He hasn't been switched, uh, snapped up by now. But maybe it is, I don't think he's that particularly that great with his feet. And maybe that's the one thing, you know, in the current holding some clothes back. Yeah, but I actually thought he, he did okay mm. with his feet on, on Saturday. I thought his distribution well, was, was pretty well, good. Although I meant to put, actually, I meant to pick, pick you up on something, actually, listening oh, to God, your, uh, your post-Maidstone uh, podcast. This uh, is going to be about Dean, Collins. Dean, 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 Dean said that Maidstone's goalkeeper was incredible. And I mean, obviously being at the game, I was like, he parried it so much. Their goalkeeper, no, no. Every, everything he parried. Everything. It was incredible for Maidstone. That that level, he, he parried a I lot. Meant. Yeah, I know, I know. But listen, I, I do agree. He's a good player, um, they're, they're goalie. But listen, I mean, team, what he's got to go back for? I can't. You can't be playing a, a, a back five, uh, you know, against these. You got an opportunity to get a lot of attacking-minded players in this team against Rotherham. We're not well, going to be. We're not going to be like turned round defensively a lot during the game. That'll be their only opportunity is to is to counter us, but that's not going to happen all that often, I would say. Especially if you've got someone like Liam Kelly just sitting there, because it sort of negates that opportunity. But then it gives you a chance to to have five attack-minded players at the top end of the pitch, and we've got options there. So we, this is the reason why we're asking for the back four. Exactly, four two. You can easily with the personnel we've got, you can easily still play four two three one. And have you know Kelly sat there with yeah, Torp and allow Torp to then go forward, and then you can have Palmer, O'Hare, and Hadji Wright. Like Hadji Wright can just drift slightly wider than Palmer. I mean, it's it's so like <laughs> it's very easy. It's I know, easy. I know it's they're not natural sort of wingers, but they don't have but, to be. But I'm like you know anyone who plays FIFA will know you can play the four two three one wide or the four two three one narrow or football manager, and you just have Palmer can just because then you 
if Palmer likes to drift in, you can then have the, whoever the full the wing back is. That's where they should be overlapping. And then if you've got Kelly sat there, then you've always then you almost have a back three because you then have Bobby Thomas filling that space on the right, Liam Kitchen on the left, and then Kelly can sit there. And, and both and those those defensive players can move up with the with the 100%. attack. I mean, Thomas actually did that quite a bit on on Friday night. Well, he started to move up a little bit. That was the only he, sort of change that was he made. He does that. I mean, that, that, that's that's what at least that's what Liam Kitchen does. And you know, Liam Kitchen sometimes will do say like you know do a poor pass, but he's trying. He will bring it forward. Whereas uh, I feel like Binks wants to be literally the deepest player. If you ever watch, he's always like deep, the closest person to our our goal. Um, and it just obviously stifles everything. I mean, obviously, Latibodia is going to play. He is Robbins' new new favourite, I think. Um, the new love child. Um, so I don't know where he'll I actually play. think he might play right back. Do you think? I think he might take Bane back out for a, li- for a little bit. Well, that's the other option. You could put, you could play Bane back on the right wing. Wing, and, yeah. And, and, have, do, and yeah. have Latibodia right back. And have, uh, yeah, and have those two on the right. Have Bidwell and uh, Hadji right. And then you... Cause, Banevac can, you know, he's a defender and he's got the pace. I, I don't understand, like, what, you know, what, what could possibly go so atrociously wrong with him being on the right wing, to be Especially honest. Especially against, against Rotherham. Well, we've got to take the game to him. I feel like this is the sort of game that if we play about five and you get 25 minutes in and it's nil-nil and we haven't created a lot, I always find with the back five, the inevitable happens, that the change comes. And it's like, but why not just start like that? You know? Um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, let's look at the league. As it stands, obviously losing to, to West Brom puts us eight points behind them who are in fifth place. Uh, but again, results have sort of gone our way. It was only Norwich that, that picked up a victory over the uh, over the course of, of the weekend's fixtures. Preston Hall obviously played played each other to a, to a goalless draw. So it leaves us five points behind Hull. Um, yeah, it's getting to that stage now. Where you you've got to you've got to just keep keep in touch with those teams above you. Well, you look at the next fixtures. You've got Rotherham on uh, Tuesday, then away at Watford, um, then Huddersfield, then Cardiff. It's Cardiff mean, at home. Cardiff's at home. Yeah. Um, and then you know at some point the whole game will get rearranged. I think that'll be the last two games. Last two games of the season. That so, whole game. You look at it. I actually think that could work out well for us it, if we're still, it, it still in the picture. The, the next four games, um, because you know, you're know you going to have Jamie Allen back, Ben Sheaf back, because then suddenly it's like, again, there's actually... Oh, hello, we've got more options. There's there's more centre-mid options. It's like, we'll use that then. We don't need to be playing three centre-backs. You get an extra man in midfield, have Ben Sheaf, have Victor Tor, have you know have them two together, have Lasta Baudier if you want, or whoever it might be, and, and, and see where we go. But I mean, for the next four games, Rotherham, Watford, Hull and Huddersfield, you, you, I really think we need nine points minimum. Probably bare minimum eight. Like if we've got two wins and two draws, ideally nine. Yeah, I think, think. I think nine gives us a, a chance. I still think it's a slim chance at this point. I, I do think that the loss of Sakamoto probably puts the nail in the coffin for me, like I said last week, but... If you can get out of those four games, they're all before the international break, right? Including the FA Cup. Yes. Yeah. So if you get into that, you know, two or three points off it, then you've got a chance. I know I know April's difficult, but who knows? Everyone's gonna be playing for stuff during that period well, of time. So 
Well, you know, you, you look at the next fixture. So we've got Rotherham on uh, Tuesday. You know, Hull have got Birmingham. Birmingham fighting for their lives. You know, they were unlucky to fighting lose. Fighting like to beavers. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> you've got, you know, um, Norwich travel to Middlesbrough. Preston travel to Southampton, who are obviously fighting for things. And West Brom travel to QPR, who just beat Leicester. And again, they're still fighting for their lives. So QPR have turned a corner, it seems like. There's a, there's a possibility that results in midweek could go our way and a win could suddenly, we could end Wednesday night after the other teams have played only potentially two points off, you know. And at, it's back on again. And, and it's back on. Rosy, so, isn't it? It's mad. We have to make it sure we, do, we have to do our job. And, and, and that starts on Tuesday. And, and there are no excuses. I don't care about injuries. I don't care. You, you've got to beat Rotherham. No, like no matter what. There's, um, and like I said at the start, if you don't beat Rotherham, and you can't, be, you know, and they've won three games all season, you know, and they're so far adrift. I mean, they're on 19 points. They're, they're literally 19 points off safety. Then you don't deserve to get the playoffs. As simple as that. Right then. Prediction? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the benefit of the tape, he's looking at me with a very wry smile. Do you... Well, okay. The only caveat is this. Back four... I'm going to go Coventry City 3, Rotherham 1. Back 5, Coventry City 1, Rotherham 1. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in agreement. Yeah, I think I, even with the back 4, I don't think defensively with, we have struggled to keep clean sheets. And, you know, a team... It's just like the Coventry City way when we play a team that, you know... Uh, are miles worse than us, we'll, we'll inevitably concede to them. Be it like a stupid 100%. last minute goal or whatever. You no, know, like the Swansea game, for example, you know, that still yeah. annoys me. That last minute, well, Huddersfield as well, Huddersfield that... the same, yeah. So it's, yeah, very frustrating. Right before we go, I was on Twitter this morning, as I am on a, on a Sunday morning, and there was a question posed Do you believe in the five year plan? You asking me? Well, yes. Well, why yeah. else would I ask you on the? Well, no, I thought you were just putting it out there into the. Uh, <laughs> Thank Skybrook you very much for listening. Good night. Uh, <laughs> no, of course I do. I hundred percent. I mean, someone replied right saying no because he he thinks Doug hasn't put any of his own money in, uh, or as much as he'd hoped, um, and questioned where where's the Yokeras and Hamer money gone. I'm okay. like, if you if your head is that much in the sand, well, fella, listen, people. <laughs> But my answer is 100% yes. I mean, everything, the match day experience, the ground, you, you, you can even see like the, obviously the supports and stuff, are like half of them are already being like cleaned, all, all this other stuff, the training, the training ground, all this sort of stuff. And, you know, I mean, spoke to like Bidwell and all the players, they've said, you know, how, how great that is. The, the overall, the transfer business. I mean, again, if someone had said to us at the start of the season, Vic and Hamer are going, but you'll get to a court final and you'll finish 10th. I think I think a lot of fans deep down, if you were offered that at the start of the season, would have gone, yeah, you know what? Oh, that's As a, a rebuild season. season. That's a that's a good rebuild season. Now that is very likely potentially what's going to happen: tenth, top ten, and uh, and, a, and a quarter final. Potentially, you know, you could get to a semi final. Who knows? One hundred percent. I think. I mean, yeah, we've already made a signing for the summer. 
uh, there's still plenty of work to be done in the summer. Of I'm course, still, I'm is. still expecting you know five, six new faces. I, I think there'll be. I think I, I think I'll see potentially seven. Yeah, um, yeah. Seven or eight. Yeah, really. If you look at uh, if you look at the sort of the build of the squad and if you who look who's will going, probably go. Yeah, and I, I think look, Vic's probably going to go, so we'll get a windfall from that. And this whole idea about Doug putting his money in, that, and again, I think this is sensible. Who's going to go? No, no, uh, uh, Vic to from Sporting, and then we get a windfall. Oh, sorry, I thought goes, you were going to say. Like Vic, I was like, he only just joined us. No, no, oh no, not no, no, no. Uh, Yokerez, yeah. So if he, but I'd rather Doug put his money or whatever, and people might say, oh no, it's not his or whatever. But in the infrastructure, the stuff that's that's there, and then this player sales. I mean, again, people forget about wages. Like you know, and there's FFP on, as well. FFP, you can't just throw on, cash into if, it. If Haji Rai is on twenty grand a week, let's say that that's a million pound a year on a four year deal. That's four million pounds now so like we sold people go yeah we sold um vic for 20 million we sold him of 15 let's say you got the fucking wages of yeah. these players man like but these aren't we're not paying kit kats anymore to players and giving them like andy mp pays you play these people were having to pay jesus that's dough. a throwback um, wow and uh so like and i don't the fact of the matter is, the fact that some people can still moan when, like, regardless of if it was reinvestment, we sold other players in the past and didn't reinvest the money. The fact is, we've already, Efron Mason Clark, from what um, Dara was saying, Dara McCantony was saying, that's at least over four million, you know, uh, for him. Yeah, he said the, on his podcast, he was like, yeah, it's, 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 it's over four million, sort of thing. And then you look at that, and then other players that we're going to be after. I think it's exciting times and I think it's going to happen. We are, I think we are going to do it. And I think next year there's a real possibility. This year is not over yet. And we, we've got to make sure we give ourselves the opportunity at least. And um, it's likely we're going to actually get Ronnie Edwards and, and Burroughs from, from Peterborough as well. Really? So it could be like three players coming in from Peterborough and it's probably going to cost us, you know, in the region of 10 to 12 million pounds. Yeah. You know, and then you got there, and then obviously then Mason Clark, and then I'm sure there'll be a right winger and a cam of when O'Hare goes and a striker, maybe, another, maybe a striker, if, or two maybe strikers, two. so yeah. and a centre mid, and a right back, a, goalkeeper. Know. Yeah, there's, there's lots of like, you know, there's going to be lots of holes to fill again during the summer. Yeah, and you, you can't you can't blow your load first time round. You know, you can't do that. It's it's, no. it's about building. Because well, then because then everyone who's coming this season have had then a year's experience. So then more players can come in and then it's like, well, you know, it's already settled. You've got, you, you know, you do, well, I'd like to think the back four settled with Kitchen <laughs> Thomas, but who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. but that's, I, I 100% believe in the plan. I think we don't the right way. This. It's the right way of doing things. Of course it is. And everyone would like us, it. we have to be sustainable in uh, some kind of fashion. Everyone would have taken it. The right it. Way. Everyone yeah. would have taken this season, like at the start of the season. Or I even think everyone's just a little bit annoyed because we've got ourselves into the playoffs and we've seemingly sort of drifted that's nothing away. To do but with that's Doug King and what money he's <laughs> no, like, what... that's, no, that's nothing to do with which King of Shaves, Shave and Jelly's been using the money. Don't what it matters is the back five. Man. <laughs> like, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm, I'm closing <laughs> the shop. I'm doing it. Right. Oh, um, mate, great to chat as usual. Yeah, thanks for thanks for, for joining me and thank you to everyone for for listening hope you enjoyed the episode a big thank you to jamie for, for joining us as well really enjoyed his input this evening big thank you to the guys at the skyblue tavern as well for their continued support we'll be back next week to uh to review the rotherham game look ahead to, to saturday as well so until then play up sky blues thanks for listening to the sky blues extra podcast 
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.